feels never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love. Pendo ako. Pendo ako. Auto sino? Auto ikimia. Pendo ako. If you have got your cup of tea or almost, or if you are outside enjoying it, I invite you to come back in. Um, yeah, we're going to just see what, what more God has to say to us today. But wow, I was, that was so powerful today. Thank you guys. Thank all of you guys. It was amazing, right? Yeah, Kari Busana. Um, my name is Joy McCann. So got some English in there, got some Irish, and in my heart, a whole lot of Kenya. So, yeah, I'm really, really happy to be with you this morning. And, yeah, I think let's just, let's just get in that, in that place that we've been in, in the worship. Let's just stay there. We've, we've had our tea, and we're continuing worshiping. We're learning how we can be worshiping in so many different ways, right? Even when we're taking tea and talking to people, that's part of our worship. So I'm just going to continue in that space and just invite the Holy Spirit to come more and more. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We still our minds, we still our hearts. We thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for how mightily you've met with us. And we pray for a continuation of that, Jesus, that you would fill these moments we have together, Lord. Lord, we're expectant, and we just ask, I just ask you would raise my expectancy, Lord. Would you raise our expectancy in this place for you to transform, save, heal, and deliver us? Those words have so much weight, and we invite them in the greatest form that they can be in. Come, Holy Spirit. Rest on us more and more. Continue resting on us. Continue, Holy Spirit, what you're doing. We ask that nothing would hinder what you want to do right now. Nothing that I could say, nothing that we could be distracted by in this room, that nothing could hinder what you want to do. So, Lord, we just surrender, and I just submit every word I'm going to say to you, Father. Lord, we want to see you glorified. We want to see your kingdom lifted high. We want to proclaim your name, Jesus, and that you are good and you are kind and you're with us. We worship you because of that. We thank you for who you are. Thank you for how you're resting on us and with us. More of you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we are in our series, Sozo, and that is um, a word meaning saved, healed, and delivered. 
And we've probably heard those words around church a lot, but we've actually been really wanting to unpack what those words really mean and what healing really means to us today. So Pastor Edgar has been leading us through. We've been talking about what healing really is, how healing isn't just something that used to happen in the Bible long ago. Healing is something that happens today. It's for us now. And we are followers of Jesus, so we, each one of us, we have the power to pray for people and to see people that are sick and ourselves healed. We have that power. It's not just for the prayer team. It's not just for the pastors. It's for everyone. Anyone that is a disciple of Jesus, which simply means anyone that knows Jesus, has the power and is called to heal the sick. And we can expect to see healing. And we've shared over the past few weeks some stories of healing that have happened in our community. And I know there's far more that have yet to be shared. And we encourage you, if you have a story of healing of any kind, you can email it to the office contact contact um, at trinitynakuru.org, contact. Um, and you can also just share with any one of us that you know um, that is in some form of leadership leading a community group, worship leading any kind of um, person on the leadership team, our admin, Stacey, you can please share with any of us. We would love to know what God is doing. So today we're going to talk about healing after healing. Healing after healing. Healing always has an aftercare. And it's important that we understand that we are always growing and learning to be more like Jesus. And in that, we are always growing and learning that there are parts of us that are still broken that need healing. Jesus is interested in healing the whole person. He is interested in the whole of me. He's interested in the whole of you. We celebrate healing when it happens. But Pastor Edgar shared a quote a few weeks back. Healing can be instant or gradual in some cases. And in all cases, it is always gradual. Healing can be instant or gradual in some cases. And in all cases, it is always gradual. So I was talking with him about what, what we were sharing today and this topic of healing after healing. And there's three points that if you're making notes, you can write down or just that we can have in our minds that this talk is going to unpack. So the first point is that healing is holistic. We've been talking about that, haven't we? We've heard that word holistic, simply meaning Jesus is interested in every part of us. Healing is holistic. Jesus cares for every part of us. He cares for our emotional well-being, cares for our mental well-being, our spiritual well-being, and our physical well-being, and much, much more. Healing is holistic. The second point is we are not interested, at least I'm not definitely interested, in healing that is for show or for sale. We are not interested in this community in healing that is for show or for sale. We're not interested. We share stories to glorify God, but we're not sharing them so we can be like, oh, look, something happened here. There's even places in the world that really can just ruin what healing really is and actually really disregard what God is actually doing by making it sound so showy and like it's for sale. I've even heard of some places where they actually like say, come and if you get healed, you pay. You know, we're, we're, not, we're not interested in that as a community and as a leadership. We are not interested in that. It is, if it is not holistic healing, it is not like Jesus. If it does not cover our whole mind, body, soul, and spirit, we are not interested. If it is something that is then put out there for the world to make a show of and even to earn us money, we're, we're not interested in any way. Third part is let's not ignore these other parts of our healing. 
Let's not ignore what other parts of healing Jesus still might have to do in us. And this isn't to then make us, this isn't supposed to be a deep delving, oh, there's all these things still wrong with me. It's not supposed to be that. However, it is supposed to be that we understand Jesus is interested in holistic healing in every part of us. And even when we see those moments of healing breaking through, there's things he wants to do after that, healing after healing. For example, what do we do when we have received healing, maybe of a physical illness, maybe a relationship has broken down but we've healed from it, maybe a traumatic event, maybe an accident, maybe a marriage breakup, a miscarriage, but then there are still some things in our life that are affected by what happened. Sometimes there are remaining areas in our life where the enemy can get in if we don't close the doors to areas of pain and hurt which were opened through the painful event. For example, if you have miscarried a baby, first of all, you've had to keep that secret generally, right? And that can be very hard because then people around you don't really know why you're crying all the time, why you're struggling. But then you can heal, your body can heal, even you can feel that you've had some counseling and your emotions have healed. But you are maybe looking around you and seeing something you bought for the baby that is no longer coming and no longer there. Maybe you have healed from a, a parent passing away, but yet you're still surrounded by siblings that you're having to take care of, that you're having to look after. And however much you can heal, there's things that will remind you of it. Jesus is interested in that. He's interested in how you pay the school fees for your siblings because one or both of your parents have passed away. He cares about that. For me, last week, I shared a story about my physical healing. And I'm just going to recap it very shortly, but basic, I also did it very shortly last week. Some people were like, that was short, Joy. But um, <laughs> I was very ill from age 12 to age 25 with an illness called chronic fatigue syndrome, ME. Basically meaning that my brain and spine were inflamed to the point where it then affected every part of my body and I couldn't actually do really anything. I was bedbound. I was in darkness due to light sensitivity. In that time, I really got to know God. It took me a while. At first, I was actually questioning him a lot. But actually, over time, I grew to really know him deeply, know his voice, know how he was wanting to use and speak to me. And he actually showed me visions and dreams of Africa. And I never believed that, you know, sometimes maybe I hoped it would happen. But Still some days now I'm quite shocked that I'm actually standing here and completely well. And I was healed at a church like this one. I had prayer for all of those years, but it was a particular time, a particular moment, and a particular move of the Holy Spirit that had people just constantly praying over me, constantly praying with me, telling me I actually needed to get to church and get out of my house. And that was a very big um, palarva to get me there. I don't know if we use that word here, palarva. It's a British word. <laughs> but basically where you have to actually, you know, put me in a backrest in a car to get me inside the church door. But through a series of six months just continually praying, the final day, my sister's wedding day, I was there feeling terribly weak. And I heard this voice tell me to stand up. And I tried and I did. And it was like the whole illness left my body. And I was on a plane to Tanzania about eight months after that. So glory to God, he's faithful. However, you have to understand, and I, I have to understand, that I was a 25-year-old lady. The last time I had been well out in the world was when I was 11. So I hadn't really had any responsibility. 
And however much the physical healing was so joyful, there have been things until now that will not be the same because of that time. There have been things until now that God is continuing to heal after that healing. That is the healing that I always talk about. And I said to Pastor Edgar, you know, if we're teaching on healing, of course I could go really far into that story again and it could be really powerful. But I never really talk about what happened after. I, I always get to that and then I got to Africa and I leave it there. But actually there were things and are things that are happening here that really have changed how I live and have changed and healed me. Jesus has used this community to bring healing to me. Jesus has continued to meet with me and bring healing to me. And I'm going to unpack that a bit more. But I want to trace this idea back to scripture so that as we're understanding it more, we understand that Jesus is very interested in this. And this is something that I hadn't really been aware of in this story. Um, you've maybe heard Edgar over the last few weeks talking about the, the woman with the issue of blood. I think he's mentioned it. Um, and there's a story in the Bible that we read about that. And I've just read it totally differently in light of this message. And I want us to read it together today. It just really profoundly shows me that Jesus is really interested in healing after healing. He really is interested in our holistic healing, in our whole being, being made well. Body, mind, soul, and spirit. He's so interested in that. So if we can read together Mark 5, 25 to 34. It should, we should have the slides for it. Thank you. Okay, so let's read together. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes... I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask who touched me. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, and she told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Blessed be the word of the Lord. Be freed from your suffering. The woman had just been healed and she was wanting to just remain hidden and stay away. She'd been bleeding for 12 years. And in that culture and in those days, this was considered unclean. And she would have actually not been able to really be around people very much. She would have been struggling to actually make friends and be in community. Because people would know that a lady that is bleeding is unclean and has to stay away for a certain amount of days. And then do the purification rites. So... She'd been like this for 12 years, so she was used to being hidden, right? I was trying to imagine this crowd and how Jesus was standing and there were people crowding all around him. And the closest I could get to it was Nairobi. Um, when I was there a few weeks ago, I've never walked through the town 
like I did, um, or maybe it was just more busy that day, but there was just people crowding all around and pressing all around you, and you know it, right? To the point where you actually wouldn't know who was even touching you, who was around you. It was quite nerve-wracking. And I wonder if it was a little bit similar to that, that everybody had heard about Jesus. There was a hype around Jesus. Who is this man who has come, who is healing people who are sick, who is raising people that are dead? The word would have been spreading. So there's a big crowd wanting to know him. And she has also heard, and she's saying, right, I need to actually receive healing from him. But let me just remain in the way that I am, stay hidden, and just try and touch his garment. She had faith to know that even touching his garment would heal her. She knew that he had power radiating out of him. But I think when I've read this story before this message, I would always have focused on the part where Jesus was so interested in power went out of him who touched me. And I've never really understood why he would have said that. I've never really understood why he would say, power has touched me and, and it's gone out of, out of me and somebody has taken power out of me. I think in my sort of little thinking about it, I would have thought maybe he just felt suddenly exhausted and wanted to know who, who had taken power. But that doesn't really add up to our Jesus, does it? It doesn't really add up to the kind of man that we know him to be, a loving, gentle savior who wants to heal the sick. But then I just started thinking about how Jesus would have known this woman. You know, it's, the Bible says that everybody that Jesus met with, he knew what was in man. He knew what was in them. He knows what's in you. He knows what's in me. And he's not afraid of it. He's actually running towards us. So Jesus knew, yes, that he had been, you know, his power had been used to heal this lady. But he knew that that healing work wasn't done. He knew that there was a healing after the healing that had to be done. Because while this woman was healed of her physical illness, she was still wanting to remain hidden. There was something remaining. She was still feeling like, I'm not really good enough, I'm not really anything. She maybe didn't even believe that she had so much faith. And she maybe didn't know that she had to receive peace and be free. So we then understand that Jesus is looking for this woman and eventually she comes before him. And I love just these words in terms of this message. She told him the whole truth. And we don't get to read what that was. We don't get to read what she actually said. But we do read that she, she told Jesus the whole truth. She told him everything that had been happening to her, how long it had been, and my guess is how it made her feel. And in that moment, our Savior Jesus was moved with even more compassion. He's overflowing in compassion and he's looking at her and I can just imagine he's looking at her saying, she needs more than physical healing. This lady has been wounded, she's been hurt, she's been left. And so he calls her daughter. He calls her daughter. This lady that was the unclean woman is now daughter. He's restoring her identity. Daughter, your faith has healed you. He's even commending her and saying, it's your faith. I can do it, but your faith coming and asking me for healing has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. And different translations I was reading it, some of them still say be freed from your illness. But I like this part, be freed from your suffering, that's in the NIV. Because she was suffering in way more than just her bleeding. And Jesus cared about that. Jesus cares about you and about me. He cares about the effects that these things have on us. He cares 
about, yes, I have healed you. And it's never to take away from the glory and the power of that healing. But it is to say, there is more. With Jesus, there's always more. When he died on the cross, he paid a full price for you and for me. Why would we be going when he stretched his arms out with everything and say, I'll just take this one, you know? He's not a supermarket, right? We're not just going and saying, I just want this, I just want this. We want the whole healing that he offers. We want to be entirely freed from our suffering. There is something in our Savior's heart that cries out for our holistic healing. And this is a pattern that we see throughout Scripture. Can you imagine how this woman went away? She was not only physically healed, but her whole emotional well-being, her whole understanding of who she is had had changed because Jesus spoke to her. I'm excited. It changed because Jesus spoke to her and said, you are daughter, you are loved. And then he commanded her, go in peace and be free, be free. And I would love, we don't get to read more about what happened to her, but I would so love to know how that unfolded for her, how she was welcomed back into community, how she told her story. I would love to know. But we read, don't we, in the Bible, that if everything that Jesus did was written, the world would not contain all the books. That's deep, right? I sometimes think it's poetic, but I doubt it. I, w- I would imagine that's actually what the truth is, that if we, if we were to know everything Jesus had done, the world wouldn't contain the books. It's at the end of the book of John that we read that. So we also read in this chapter, this is in the book of, of Mark, who's one of the guys who hung around with Jesus and knew all this had happened. We read about a girl who had died and who was raised from the dead. And again, we see the same pattern of as soon as she was raised from the dead, Jesus didn't just leave and go, oh, okay, on to my next thing. He stopped and he said, give her something to eat. Give her something to eat. Now, surely her parents would do that eventually, but there's something about Jesus knowing right in this moment, this girl has just been raised back to life. Give her something to eat. That's how deeply he cares about us. That's how deeply he cares about what's inside of us. There's another guy, Lazarus, who was a really good friend to Jesus. And in John 11, we read that he was also, he died, and he was raised from the dead, this time four days later. So he was already in the tomb. He was already covered in grave clothes. And when we read the story in John 11, you actually read that Jesus then tells the people, take off his grave clothes and let him go. And again, you say, but they would do that anyway, would they? You know, but it's not about that. It's about Jesus in that moment going, I am telling you, take off his grave clothes. Don't stand looking at this sort of mummified man that you're wondering why he's now walking. Take off the grave clothes, let him go. He's not a dead man anymore, he's alive. That's the power that God has in us. That's the power that he wants us to understand that when he heals us, he wants to completely free us of even everything that was around that situation. And even in Luke 17, there were 10 lepers who came to Jesus and told, and Jesus told them, go and show yourself to the priest to get well. So leprosy was an illness where your skin would be covered in a lot of sores. And I think from what I hear, it really smelled. I mean, they, they don't write that in the Bible, but from what we know with historical context, that they, they would have really smelled and been considered also unclean. And they're all coming together because they had to group together because they couldn't be in community. They were all coming together to Jesus. But this time, Jesus didn't actually in that moment do anything. He told them, go, show yourself to the priest. 
And then as they went, he didn't even say that they would get well. As they went, they found they were healed. As they were walking, they found, I think that would have been quite cool to watch all these men jumping up and down and checking each other, you know. The leprosy left them as they went. I want to just go over that again. These 10 lepers who were stinking and smelly and told that they were unclean and cast out of society. Jesus had a lot of things he could do there, but he actually said, go and show yourself to the priests. This wasn't because Jesus was this uber-religious man, but he understood community, he understood cultural context, and he understood the law, and he knew that in the law of Moses, you must go and show yourself to the priest. So he was saying, in this case, go show yourself to the priest, and as they're walking, they are healed. This is the power of healing in community. This is the power of healing together. This is the part of understanding that on your own, you can't see things. So we have to be together. We have to show ourselves to people. We have to say, this is what I look like. And as they were on their way, they were healed. For me, when I was healed, I I went to Tanzania. And the big thing there, God did heal me a lot there, emotionally and in every way. But the big thing there was I was largely on my own. I, I was with a group of people and I was in a team and everything, but a lot of the things I did were, Joy wants to do this, Joy wants to do this, Joy wants to go to this church, so I'll do it. I was, I was a very free agent. And while that was good for a time, it actually was quite difficult because I didn't have massive accountability. I was part of, part of a church and part of a team, but there was just something that I was very free to do what I wanted. And it was maybe even an attitude of my heart that needed to change. So when I came to Kenya four years ago, I was pretty broken. I didn't know at the time. I thought, yeah, I'm here, you know, Tanzania. I'm not there anymore. I've now come to Kenya to see. And it was through the Vineyard Missions UK and Ireland that I was linked with this church and told about Pastor Edgar and Trinity Nakuru. So I came and I just learned very quickly about the importance of team because the way I was brought in wasn't Joy is a missionary, she can do whatever she wants. And thank goodness for that. I was actually brought in and told, right, this is our team. And this is, this is Pastor Edgar. And these are all of the amazing people on this team. And come and be a part of us. And I didn't know how long it would take. And I didn't know how long it would be. But for those who were there then and who remember, I was extremely timid at the beginning. I really didn't have any belief or faith that there was anything I was supposed to do here. And I think largely that came from my history and being indoors all of those years. But we don't like to think about that. It's like, I'm healed, right? I'm healed. Praise Jesus. And it's true. Praise him. Praise him. However, there were these points that I would just find I was being timid. There were these points where I would just find I wasn't stepping forward. And there was one day that um, Edgar had me in his office and we were having a meeting and he asked me why. He said, why, why are you so held back? Why do you sort of delay, you know, in the staff meetings? We will remember I would always be sort of one of the last people to speak and I would somehow have this sort of mindset that I wasn't as important as everybody else. Which again, when I look back, probably came from all those years being in the dark. This isn't a pity me story because I'm really happy right now but this is to point out what God has done and how he cared about my healing enough to put me in this place of community so Edgar was asking why and I couldn't really pin it down then I just sort of forgotten that there were other areas maybe hadn't healed and 
I remember him just telling me, Joy, why don't you run at this? Why don't you run at this opportunity God has given you? Because we would rather pick up the girl who has fallen than stand trying to understand the girl that won't speak. And it was so strong for me. I think that's the word I would use. It was so strong, but yet it had power to it. And I think I wondered whether there's some of us here today who that might even be a word for. Run at what God has called you into. Don't be holding back because of your past. It's very easy to do that. But what I want to share is that Jesus is here to heal our past. And Edgar knew that. So he's telling me, if you run at this, we're here. We'll pick you up if you fall. We're here. But at least run. At least try. Don't be sitting back. Don't be sitting back going, you know, I'm not important. And over time and over the meetings that we had, he, he began to draw out of me that maybe a lot of that was because of my past. And you know you don't want to hear that, right? Probably some of us here are going to let me not think back. Let me not think back to why I might be like this. But yet, Jesus is so interested in that. Because when he heals you and when he sets you free, it's so powerful. And I think I'm still running. You know, I think I'm running a bit faster than I was, but I think there's still a lot ahead that Jesus wants me to run even more into rather than stay in my shell. I also, um, when I got well, I was very shocked by the fact that I was suddenly responsible for myself. Because for all those years, I'd had my parents taking care of me. So um, when I was in the dark at that time, when I was ill, I'd had this thing happen to me, OCD. Some of you might know it, obsessive compulsive disorder, where I would get very, very worried because of the trauma of getting sick so quickly. And it would affect my mind, and I would think things over again and again and again. And this has sort of continued until when I got out here. And it became very noticeable because I then got my own house. I wasn't in a hostel. I wasn't staying with people like I was in Tanzania. I had my own house. And so my friend, Mercy, she would always, um, when she came over, she would notice this thing I would do. I would leave the house. I would lock the door. And then I would go back probably about three or four times to check it was locked before I would leave. And that's a mental disorder, right? Because, I mean, you should know. If you've seen it's locked, leave, you know? You've seen it's locked, move. But for me, my head was still, but you, you, can't, you can't be responsible. You can't look after yourself. You, you were dependent. You were in bed. And it only came when I got my own place. So it got to the point where I was open enough to share this with Mercy. And she said, okay, Joy, now the next time that happens, I'm going to tell you it's locked and we're going to walk away. And that's what happened. So I would be standing. I would be doing that. Let me just, no, let me just check. And it's the water. I think the water's still running, you know. My head would be there with this OCD that I had. However, Mercy, there was one day we just walked out the gate and I'm walking down the hill and she knows what I'm thinking. I'm walking down the hill and I'm like, and she goes, it's locked, Joy. It is locked. I saw you lock it, okay? Come on, let's go. Now, if I'd been by myself, I'm pretty sure I would have gone back. And I think my neighbors sometimes wonder because it still, it comes and goes depending on how, how my mental health is at the time. That's, that's vulnerable to admit, but Jesus is interested. So why would I keep that quiet? Why? It's, it's not going to be helpful, you know? It's like that even confessing that, I believe, will bring more healing, right? So now, I mean, this morning I locked it and left. I didn't worry. That was good, right? Most days it's like that. <laughs> but, but yeah, that came through community. If I hadn't told Mercy that, then she wouldn't have been able to say, come on, Joy, no, 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 we're not going back. You've locked it. There's things like that, right? 
There's um, times here where many, again, who know me well will know, I often get hit with these very strange illnesses. And they're not really like sort of the illnesses I'd have been used to in the UK. I don't know whether it's that we're in a tropical place, whether it's just the difference in food, I have no idea. But there's been times where I've been really knocked out by illnesses that no amount of medication seems to clear. And it's still even been happening up to recently. And I have been really struggling with what that is. And there's been several times where it's been healed. So there was a time last year where it happened for about five weeks. I was down with an infection that every antibiotic I took, I think I was on the fifth antibiotic and it hadn't cleared. And so um, Pastor Edgar and George, they called me and they said, we're coming, we're coming to see you. Um, and before they came, I had this thought, I was like, you know, I really wish that we had oil. Because you read in the Bible, don't we, that when you place oil on the sick and when the elders of the church place oil on the sick, they will get well. So we're sitting in my living room and we're talking and I look, I look dire, really, I did. And they just said, so do you have any oil? And I was like, I didn't even say that. I didn't even share that. But Jesus' healing power is still here and still with us. And so I said, yeah, let's get some hair oil, will we? I think it was argan oil, if I remember right. And we pulled it out and they, they put it on my head and they prayed. And from that moment, the medication started to work. From that moment, for the next couple of days, I noticed this medication is working. And I actually got really well to the point where I came down here. But even when I came down, I was still feeling weak from all of the different antibiotic side effects. And so when I was here and I was feeling weak like this, we had a staff meeting. And there was a conference the next day, a mental health conference, that I really wanted to be at. And so I said, please, can you pray for me again? I'm sorry, I, know, you know, I, was, I got better, but now I'm feeling really rough again. So I remember that they prayed over me. And I remember at the end, George just said, Joy, I just feel God saying that what you have been through is enough to give you faith that this time it's gone. I invite you into believing that he is able right now to remove everything that is even remaining in terms of effects. And it didn't happen right instantly then. I actually felt a bit like, oh my goodness, how can I believe that? But I got home. I kept reciting that word that he'd given me over and over in my mind. And the next morning, I was up out of my bed walking in here. And I remember he was here, and he was still shocked to see me. I was like, hello, so what he's doing? And I was moving chairs, and I was doing everything. All of those effects completely left me. Again, that's community, right? I could have just gone back home, just come down here and gone, oh, yeah, I'm well. <sighs> you know? But instead, I'm like, hey, by the way, I still don't feel good again. It's about that, right? And it can be hard, because then you have those people that don't understand that say, you know, you always get this. And that's okay in itself, but unless they're pointing you to Jesus as the answer, that's very debilitating and very draining. And I'm sharing this in confidence that you guys are people who will not be doing that. And I haven't known you to do it, and I'm thankful. There is a lot of long-term insecurity that come from you being in a room for that long. You don't hear the radio. You're not listening to the TV because my head couldn't do any of it. So there's a lot of things I miss. There's a lot of things that now people talk about. This happened, and I'm like, really, when was that? And it was those years when I was ill. And it used to really grate on me. It used to really make me feel like, what exactly is going on? Why do I feel so strongly that I'm just somebody who doesn't know anything? Because it then affected how I would preach. Edgar would say, you preach on this, but I don't know anything about that. 
that was something that I'd built into my mind. And he said, but you do. You know very much about that. Why are you saying that? So over time, I would be learning and going, okay, maybe it doesn't matter that I don't know things, right? And then the funny thing would be that some things I wouldn't know because I was in a new country, nothing to do with all those years. So there was this one time that I remember really feeling free of not knowing things. And it was through, we were in a car and we were going somewhere and Edgar and George were in the front. And for some reason we were talking about hiking and, and they were saying about, oh, we should go on a hike and whatever. And then I just randomly said, oh, we should go to Roundy, right? And I said, Uba always posts these things, 20 Roundy, right? He always says 20 Roundy, which means um, in English, let's go around, but I didn't know that. I thought Roundy was a place, right? <laughs> I thought Roundy was a place. So I'm saying, oh, let's go to Roundy. There's people go hiking to Roundy all the time, 20 Roundy, you know, like 20 Westside Mall, you know? And they're like, no, no, Roundy. And then they caught it, and Edgar starts slapping George on the shoulder and going, oh my goodness, Roundy, Roundy. And I laughed so much. Like, I laughed at myself. And in that moment, I thought, I'm free of that. It doesn't matter that I don't know things from all those years, because sometimes you just don't know because you don't know, right? And so now, so then all the way around the journey, we're looking out the window, and I go, hey, George, let's go to Roundy. Look, there's Roundy over there. You know, it was so funny, but it was so freeing. And again, where was that? In community, right? There's that thing, and community can hurt us. I know about that. I'm not saying it can't but it can also bring the healing that Jesus so desires. And I would rather have that, a bit like Edgar said, I'd rather run into it and fall and then get up again than never try. I'd rather run towards the healing that Jesus wants to offer me, that he's still offering me. And I'm still in that place now. That's why you probably can hear my voice is a little bit shaky because I'm standing before a lot of people sharing this, right? But I just really felt God remind me of, of where he still is with me. And it was about a year ago in community group. I was just sitting and I was just worshiping. And I wasn't really feeling much that day. I, you know, sometimes you're like, the Holy Spirit's here. I wasn't really feeling much. And out of nowhere, I just heard these words. He just said, you are not the girl who was healed. You are joy. You are my daughter. I don't have to walk through my life going, oh, well, you know, at least... I've now got better, you know, so at least now I have some kind of life. I'm entitled to fullness of life in Jesus, right? I'm entitled to the fullness of what he's called me to. I'm entitled to being able to lock my house and walk away. I'm entitled to being able to go out and not being afraid. I'm entitled to be able to stand here and preach before you and not be afraid. I'm entitled to that. I don't have to be somebody who has sort of sat back and gone, well, at least I'm out now, but let's just stay quiet. Why stay quiet when God has put a voice in you? Why stay quiet when God has put giftings in you? Why stay quiet when there's things in your life that have not yet come to fruition and God is calling you into that place and he's able to heal every part of you? I believe there's a lot of us here with leadership gifting that we haven't yet tapped into. We just believe, oh, I'm not a leader. You are. God has called you to lead. God has called you to guide people. God has called you to use your gifts and talents to bring praise to his name. And I'm still there. Some of you will know I, I can play keyboard. I'm, I'm getting back to it slowly. It was something I did before. But you've never seen me do it on a Sunday yet, right? However much the guys in the worship team have told me, Joe, you have to play. That's coming. 
That's something I'm still working through, right? Amen. I even, I used to play clarinet, and that's something that I want to get back to. But again, it's, it's coming. His healing is always gradual. Yes, we can have that sudden explosion of healing, but there's always a gradual process. So I would dare to say that not one of us in this room doesn't have some level of healing that we still need from something. And that's not to make us all go away feeling like wounded, broken people. It's to make us understand there's more that Jesus has for us. There's more that he wants for us. There's a wholeness that he has for us that only he can give. And those few little examples that I've shown you are just some of the parts and the ways that he's still healing me. But I'm still on a journey with that. I still need people to stand with me. Even last Sunday, I wasn't feeling well. And you may have noticed when they said, is anybody sick in the room? I put my hand up. And it was funny because it was like, well, I'm up here, so what can we do? So then afterwards, I said to George, can the worship team come and pray for me? And they were all on it, and they prayed. And in that moment, I got well. That's been something that just keeps coming, that God is just saying, you know, there's people here. And you can speak to them, or you can nod. And you can fear trusting people. But get those, I'm not saying spread all of your stuff around with everybody. I'm saying find those people that you believe you can trust. Nobody's perfect. But find those people you believe you can trust and share what you believe God needs to heal. And even if you don't know what that is, Jesus can show you. That lady thought that she could just go away, I'm healed. And Jesus was going, no, 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 there's way more. There's way more. And it's free, it's for us. It's been offered to us. It's not something we have to strive to get. We just ask him, right? That lady, she just stretched out her hand and touched Jesus' garment and she was healed. And then she didn't even look for him. He looked for her. He's looking for you. He's looking for me. He knows us, yes. He's in us, yes. But he's saying, do you know I have even more for you? Do you know I actually want to completely cure you of every suffering that you have? Do we believe he's able for that? It's a question, right? But it has a good answer. Yes, he's able. We don't have to continue walking in what happened to us. I know a lot of us will have relational damage that we're walking through and we're going, but that person did this. And that could even cause community to be difficult. That's okay. That's not something that you need to feel, oh, I can't do that because you can talk to us about that. As leaders, you can talk to us. It's not, it's not wrong that you would struggle to know how to sit in a group of people. That's part of your journey. And I'm not going back on myself. I'm just speaking to those few who literally feel like I couldn't do it. You're not excluded from this because you feel like that. Jesus is here and he can enable us to open up and he's still teaching me to do that. And it's still a process. But his healing is here and I feel so different when I go home I remember the last time I went home, my family were like, you're, you're so different. What's happening to you out there, you know? It's like, it's such a dramatic change in my confidence, in, in my ability levels and everything that I know God is at work. I know that Jesus who cares about healing me. And so I just wanna invite us into some response time. And I'm just not exactly sure how that's gonna look, so I just wanna take a few moments while I invite um, the band to just come up and play over us. We're just going to wait on him for a minute and see what he wants to do. So yeah, just, we're just going to wait and see. There was already so much happening in the worship. There was already so much. Yeah. So that's just where we are. That's just, you can be in a posture of receiving. 
Let's just wait. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come in greater measure as we've prayed. Just keep coming. Just keep renewing, keep restoring, keep speaking. We wait for you. Come, O oh Lord. Come, O oh Lord. Come, O oh Lord. So I invite us to stand where we are. If you're able. Yeah. Let's just remain in that posture of just receiving. Come of more of you, Lord. Lord, we want to hear you. Come, O oh Lord. Come, O oh Lord. Come, O oh Lord. I'm just hearing these words as the band are just gently playing over us. I'm just hearing these words. I am calling you out. Not in a calling you out in a bad way. He's calling you out of your comfort zone to be free from your suffering. He's calling us out. Come, O oh Lord. Come, O oh Lord. going to have a short time of worship just remember that word I'm calling you out and what I want to do is just ask you in this time I'm not going to stand here and wait for you but in this time of worship if you feel that that's for you if you feel there's something significant that he's calling you out to receive healing from maybe it's even already healed us this happened to me and then suddenly it comes back and it's that prayer again I just want to invite you to just come to the front here and just stand and gather as many of you as feel. I just want to encourage you with that word. I am calling you out. I don't know what it means, but I wanted to ask God for a word right now. And I had a sense response time might be different. So I just encourage you, if you feel that that's you, to just come to where we are here and just continue worshiping. And then we will have the prayer team just come in round and just laying their hand on you. They're not going to ask a lot of questions. Just going to lay their hand on you and bless healing over you. So I just encourage, if you feel like that's you, to just come in this time.